Coming up on tonight's show, Impact Rebellion is in the books, and we have a new triple champion. This is a special Rebellion post-show episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show for April 25th, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I'm joined tonight by Mr. John DeCani wearing his cleaner shirt. How appropriate, John. <laughs> I dug this out of the, uh, the freshly clean laundry pile just for the occasion. <laughs> How are you tonight? I should have done the same and put on a Kenny Omega shirt, but I see people are, are, are filing on to watch the show, get our our reactions for the post show, throw in a comment, let us know what you thought about the show tonight. Uh, happy to chat with you about that uh, and put your comments on the air and stuff. But John, we have a new triple champion. That's the big news coming out of the show, right? I mean, Kenny Omega is now the mega champion, the impact champion and the AEW world champion. So did you think for a second the Rich Swan was going to pull it out? I didn't really allow myself to think it. You know, I mean, there were, of course, a couple of times back and forth in the match where you're supposed to, but I, I just didn't see anything going forward that didn't lead to, you know, Kenny stacking the gold. I mean, that's, I think the only thing that led me for a minute to waver is the fact that there's so much wrestling on TV now that we hear it so much, like normally this would have in the past, the build up to it would not have been quite so saturated. So I started to hear it so much. I started to think to myself, are they overdoing this? Are they setting us up for a swerve? But that just didn't make sense. Well, you know, what's interesting is they, they spent so much time talking about nobody ever kicks out of the one winged angel. Nobody ever kicks out of the one winged angel. It's just, you know, it's, it's the most unbeatable move that you thought for sure. Somebody was like, got the one or Rich Swan was like, I got the one winged angel tonight, but they're saving that. I'm sure somebody will, but it wasn't Rich Swan tonight. So, um, you know, we'll get that down the road, I think, but I really enjoyed the last, I'm going to say five, 10 minutes of the match. Um, v trigger after V trigger after V trigger, Rich Swan was spent. And then you have a little bit of moment of hope, but he's spent. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out for him. So, I really liked the match. I'm excited to see what this means going forward. Uh, Daniel Miller chiming in, solid show. It was better than Bore Mania. <laughs> I liked I liked WrestleMania. I was there, but you know, that's uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, John, what do you think they do? I mean, Kenny Omega. They've said he will be on Impact. He will work the schedule. Um, so I expect that he'll be at the tapings and not just in the RV trailer for the for upcoming shows. Yeah, yeah, I believe we'll we'll see him. Uh, you know, they may save him his actual in ring work for what's the next thing we have under siege. Uh, yeah, but you know, I'm sure we will see him defend. We will see him uh, work a schedule. You know, he'll, he'll be more than just uh, letting Don do his talking while he uh, struts with the belts. Yeah, so far in this uh, in this forbidden door thing. We really have only seen sort of private party come over, Matt Hardy come over, Kenny Omega come over, and then uh, going back the other way, we really only have seen Don Callis. So I'm wondering if this is going to be a, a change in that. And now we're going to see maybe some impact guys come over for to get some sort of revenge. 
uh, try to get that belt back. And um, yes, Daniel Miller, you know, I'm glad you brought this point up. Thoughts on impact teasing Joe, Mickey, Chelsea, Okada, Naito. It is interesting. I, I might have forgotten to bring that up, but when they did that uh, Slammiversary ad, all those faces, you know, come across the screen and stuff. And very interesting, you know, with the Forbidden Door being open, Kenny being champion, a little bit of work between AEW and New Japan. Anything could happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, like you said, I think now that Kenny is the double or triple or quadruple, depending on how you count the impact belts, champions can't be in. Um, yeah. I think we'll see, hopefully we'll see more crossover because it was all leading up to this moment. And then from this moment, you know, impact, impact is not quite losing, but you know, it's, it's not their guy. That's their champion. Uh, uh, we'll get to this, I'm sure, but uh, they didn't get back their tag belts. So I'm sure, you know, more crossover, more confusion, and uh, something's got to come out of this in the end for Impact. I'll be very interested to see what that is because right now I don't have a And, you know, my theory is that they're going to lose all their belts, right? I've mentioned that a few times that they're going to – they're just going to lose all the belts to outside forces, and then they'll have to rebuild Impact, you know, under, you know, some new – vision or whatever but uh they've done a good start with losing both of their top men's belts really yeah. um but yeah so the uh so kenny omega the the idea of it's interesting that like i have a thought in my head about where he'll go next where he'll go shopping for belts next curious if you have a thought on that john of if he's a belt collector and you think he might go for another one now do you have an idea where he might go next I don't. I don't know where uh, the most ready partnership is, but, uh, uh, but I'm very considering you watch a lot more of the independence and uh, the foreign stuff. I'd be very interested to see where you're thinking. I'm thinking a lot more localized than what you might uh, be indicating there. John Moxley has the IWGP United States Championship. Ah, okay. And uh, and uh, you know he has a defense against Yuji Nagata coming up. They haven't announced a date or anything, but it, you know he issued the challenge. Challenge was accepted. Um, but Moxley's right there on TV with Kenny Omega every week. And yeah, it looks like Omega or uh, Moxley and Kingston are probably going to battle with the Young Bucks pretty soon. But I, I got to, you know, maybe maybe Moxley's belt will get put up into this equation as well. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, to be honest, that was not the only thing that happened on the show today. It was a whole bunch of stuff, a bunch of new champions. Um, the, the show opened with a new champion. Josh Alexander got the win over TJP and Ace Austin. Surprised both you and I. We thought Ace Austin would retain here. So, Yeah, you know, I picked Ace Austin just because I thought that Ace was going to have a very good year. And I thought maybe, you know, even though he's had the belt for a while, he hasn't defended it too many times. So I didn't think it was quite the time to take it off of him. And then when they had that ridiculous match with Fala Ba, Madman Fulton, and Petey Williams, and Petey wound up winning that match, you know, playing the giant killer role, I thought, right, I'm like, okay, there you go. That's you know, kind of a win for Josh Alexander. So that tells me he won't take the belt on Sunday. And, you know, wrong again. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whenever you try to look at the way things line up and then you realize, oh, we're talking about impact, you know. It's yeah. like, <laughs> um, Daniel brings up another point, shoot, uh, riffing off of the, the points that we were making earlier about impact kind of losing all their belts and then being, you know, rebuilt or whatever. It's possible that 
they do lose those belts to AEW, and then they put the promotion on the line, and then the new AEW show is AEW Impact. That, that would be something. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be something. Um, parent company of Impact is Access TV. So it would be very – well, <laughs> I should say parent company of Impact is Anthem. Anthem owns Access, Access TV. So I don't know if it would be in their best interest to do that, but uh, maybe it would because there would be, sure, certainly be a lot of eyeballs that go from there to the uh, Impact Prime show. So it's a possibility there too as a marketing type of thing. But – so, yes, Josh Alexander, new champion. Uh, it looked like TJP was going to win it with the Mamba Splash, but Madman Fulton was there. And, uh, good opener, really good opener. Uh, if they yeah, were bringing new people into the show, that was a good show, a good match to open with. Yeah, I thought it was great that, uh, you know, we saw the Mamba Splash, like you said. We saw Fold. We saw Divine Intervention, all three of which were broken, not necessarily kicked out of, but broken, broken up. Uh, the counts because they looked like the match was over. So we got all three finishers. So now we were, you know, working with a clean slate. Okay, who's going to take it? And uh, Josh was the first one to hit a finisher again. He hit divine intervention again on uh, on Ace, and he got the one, two, three. As TJP was busy taking Madman Fulton out of the picture on the outside. Yeah, and then in the next uh, the next thing on the show, John, I don't know why it didn't occur to me. When they found out that Eric Young was going out, there had been rumors about Cass showing up on Impact for a while now, and I had read some of them, and it didn't. It completely slipped my mind when they announced that Eric Young is going to be out, and they need to have somebody in this match. and And so I don't know why it didn't occur to me then, but I was naming off Moose and Hernandez and AOP and Connor from the Ascension. I had about thirty different people that I thought it might be. Uh, Cass wasn't one of them, but I guess they should have been. He looks really good shape. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Vince looks at him and goes like, you know, this is exactly what I wanted from this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> where was this dedication? Where was this uh, gym work when he was here? And we were giving him the biggest platform in the world because he is cut up and uh, he he looks strong. I mean, he, he whipped uh, Willie Mack around, you know, a little bit there to show that uh, he definitely has raised his strength because that was – I think one of the glaring things about him in the WWE, you looked at him and you thought, okay, big man, but he didn't he didn't really throw guys around like a big man. He seemed certainly not weak, but not strong like you would expect from a big man. And it, it seems like he's worked on that and he's gotten into an incre in incredible shape. Yeah, he is incredible. He's a specimen. I think he really fits in that violent by design uh, group too. His facials were on point. Yeah. I thought that was really impressive. So throughout the night, we saw Gia Miller interviewing Tony Khan. We saw Gia with Scott. We saw Gia with Don Callis. We saw, you know, between Impact on Thursday and then this show, we saw tons of people giving their input on who they thought would win the match uh, between Kenny and uh, uh, Rich at the end. But um, the, next, the next major match we had, another title change. Jordan Grace, Rachel Ellering, the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. They beat Fire and Flava. Uh, Rachel used uh, what you and I both described as a fisherman's power bomb. <laughs> Never seen it done quite that way, but that's, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was fun. I did, I did think that uh, possibly Tasha Steeles might've got injured. That was a really nasty uh, toss to the outside there. Yeah. She landed really weird on the apron. Um, so 
it, and Rachel then fell to the ground afterwards. But uh, Tasha didn't, it didn't look like a good landing for her. So hopefully she's okay. And they didn't have to call, call an audible in that match and change the finish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was a nine, almost nine and a half minute match. And uh, it, it was, you know, having only seen Rachel Ellering one previous time in her uh, one shot on dynamite, uh, I didn't quite know what to expect out of her. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the, I thought she looked good uh, working with uh, Jordan and uh, look forward to uh, big things from that pairing. Yeah. I hope, I hope that's a, I hope they don't drop the belts back on the next impact wrestling. <laughs> I hope it's a, a nice run for them. Uh, I forgot to mention the Brian Myers and Matt Cardona match. This is a match that people were looking forward to forever. Um, you know, they're the you know best friends in real life. And uh, again, I think Cardona got hurt in this match. And this is what I think they did change the finish. In. Yeah. You know, I, I was waiting, you know, when the, the referee came, I like kind of knelt next to him and, as soon as he started to turn towards the back, maybe it's the overexposure of the business. I didn't think it was a real injury because he started with, come on, come on, come on, but he didn't go to, to this. So I was like, okay, it's not in it, but it, it just kind of laid there for a minute. And, you know, and then it definitely looked like, uh, you know, I started to believe what you were saying, the way Myers ended it, you know, just kind of pick him up, picking him up, you know, helping him up, giving him the short clothesline, giving him the roster cut and getting the win. Uh, you hope that's not the case for Matt Cardona, but uh, I guess we'll see where this goes. Yeah, it sure, it sure would be, uh, it sure would be too bad because, you know, if if Cardona, I don't know if Cardona is actually, you know, signed, and if he happens to be in that situation, that would be just horrible. You know, kind of just like Heath, right? He yeah. he's getting ready to get signed or whatever, and then has to go out with injury. That would be, that would be horrible. So. And if, if the plan was for uh, Myers to go over the whole time, then, you know, I, I hate to get, go back to the well here like he did for uh, Colin O'Reilly, but should have made this a loser leaves town match. And he goes back to AEW where he initially was, where we know he was signed for a short term uh, contract to begin with. But, right. Yep. Anywho. Trey and Sammy Callahan in the last man standing match, you know, gosh. Um, Sammy Callahan takes a cutter through a table at the end. I thought it was a really fun finish the way they pile drives him on the stairs, hides him underneath the stairs. He <laughs> crawls under the apron, then out and you know, sneaks up on him and, and gets the win really, uh, with that cutter through the table. So, 15 minutes that match went. Uh, you know, Sammy couldn't count, couldn't make the 10 count. I think that's exactly you know what we were kind of expecting, right? Is that this is Sammy's type of match, but. <laughs> it's <laughs> he yeah. never wins them. Yeah, and yeah, the, the biggest thing for me was where in God's name did Impact buy those tables? We, <laughs> saw, we saw the first one not break in the ring. The, the damn the steel legs or aluminum legs gave out before the table itself in the when they did the spot in the ring, and then when they did this the final spot outside uh, on the floor, yes, the table did snap, but it almost is. Big metal like, support strut kind of like juts out that you know had Sammy fallen from a different angle could have wound up in his abdomen. I mean, like get rid of those tables, guys. Dear God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you're just joining in on, on the on the show here, feel free to to uh, put a comment in. Let us know what you thought about any match on the card that you'd like tonight. Rebellion. 
we're talking about Rebellion. We're talking about uh, Kenny Omega's big win, triple champion now. We're also talking about the other matches on the card, but uh, feel free to chime in in the comments about anything you saw tonight that you like, that you want to shout out, where you think Kenny Omega is going to go next, if you think he's going to go after another belt. Uh, put it in the comments. We have our theories, and we've shared some of them already. And I'll probably circle back to that match in a few minutes. But um, before we do, uh, Finn Juice, they got it done. A lot of people thought that Finn Juice would lose these belts right back to Gallows and Anderson uh, so that so the Impact had their titles back. Uh, but it goes along with what we were saying before. Impact gets burned down so they can uh, they can rebuild maybe. But uh, Finn, Finn Juice going back to Japan with those belts unless they drop them on a taping here, you know, this week. So Yeah, and, and the way the impact schedule usually goes, they may tape, you know, 10 weeks of programming uh, this coming week. So they could defend him three more times and still lose him on the fourth try. So, right, right. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I, you know, count me amongst the people who thought the Good Brothers were going to get these right back because I just thought it was too much of a perfect setup to, you know, this week's Dynamite to have the whole Bullet Club there just – you know, to borrow a phrase, draped in gold. And, you know, so, you know, I think now it gives more credence to what you've said in the past that I kind of, I, I didn't want to go with it. Uh, you know, I kind of filed it in the back of my mind. But when you mentioned that maybe we wind up with Good Brothers versus uh, the Young Bucks, you know, it's some kind of jealousy, some kind of infighting in the Bullet Club. Now it makes more sense because, you know, if they were all just going to be there showing off their gold, everybody's happy. Now I think uh, the Good Brothers are going to look like the odd men out. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to be holding the extra belts for Kenny just so everybody gets their hands on some gold? <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens on uh, on Dynamite this week. Well, that is a role that he is going to need if he keeps collecting belts. Because Nakazawa is not a big guy. He can't carry too many of these belts. <laughs> uh, Travis chiming in, maybe the 24-7 title, something that Kenny Omega could go for next. Interestingly, in the commentary, Matt Stryker did bring up champions from everywhere you know he said kenny omega is the champion to beat he said not roosh not fatu not osprey not even bobby omega is the champion to beat he didn't bring up our truth or whoever is the current 24 7 champion i'm not sure if it's him or if it's uh buchenheim under his dorito role or whatever <laughs> or, or deodorant role whatever he's doing but um, yeah, right now, uh, is, you know, you never know. You never know. They might yeah, find well, that, one of that those. That one's nice and easy. Kenny could win that one just strolling through the parking lot before a raw taping. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's nice and clean. But I maintain that he may go after that Moxley belt. You know, that's, that's, I mentioned that earlier in the show. If you've been listening the whole time, I think that that IWGP United States championship is a belt that's kind of in the, in the, it's, it's in the, it's under the same roof. So if they want to get a new Japan belt in there, that's one they could work with um, without having anybody to get any sort of hard feelings or anything. Um, and then, you know, the last match before, uh, before the main was Deanna Perrazzo getting her, her win and her defense over to Neil Dashwood. She remains knockouts champion. She's had a great run, John. I know she lost the belt for a minute with Sue Young, um, but man, what a great run for Deanna Perazzo, wrestler of the year, knockout of the year last year. And um, it's looking that way this year too. Yeah, she is, uh, you know, at the end of the match here, we saw the new Taylor Wilde, which I, I almost thought was kind of a waste of uh, bringing her back, you know, like 
okay, once again, I'm playing amateur booker and I know I have absolutely no qualifications for it, but I thought the, the more fun thing to do is to have her show up on Thursday and say, I've cleaned out the division. Who's left? I've beat everyone there is to beat. Then Taylor Wilde comes out. She did, you know, she came running down uh, after, you know, they started triple teaming Daniil because Kimberly was back along with Susan at ringside and uh, Taylor Wilde clear, cleaned out the ring. So obviously that's where she's going next, but, it's yeah. Neil Dashwood being a heel. Who was who was hanging around saying, "Oh no, somebody saved Tennille Dashwood." <laughs> exactly. You know, we didn't have a ton of sympathy for Tennille Dashwood, the heel. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, in fact, we were kind of hoping maybe Sue Young would appear and beat up Tennille Dashwood too. Yeah. You know? so, have but, uh, Caleb come yeah. back in, try and save her, and then have the you know the three on one beating transfer to him. That would have been even more fun. There you go. Yes. Yes. Um, and then. Impact announced three shows. They impact. They announced Under Siege May fifteenth against All Odds June twelfth. I believe they used the word pay per view, but I do believe they meant Impact Plus special, sort of the network specials. And then Slammiversary. They gave no date. They just said July. Daniel Miller brought up earlier on the show that they showed pictures of Samoa Joe and others, as you know, kind of like last year. They teased it, you know. It's going to be after July 15th, right? Because we're going to get after that 90-day non-compete from all those guys that were just released. There you go. And, you know, it's, you know, teasing the, you know, the arrival of new people and stuff. It makes it really fun for them <laughs> and very interesting that they have a pay-per-view right after that. Now, I thought they were not announcing the date because I thought they were holding back and that maybe fans return for Slammiversary. That was the first thing I thought of. Um, but it could be that they had a date for Slammiversary earlier in the month, and then uh, April 15th came around, so they moved it back. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we've we've had our, uh, you know, the president tease that, you know, depending on how things go, we might be fully open for business by July 4th. So, you know, as more places allow people in, they might be able to book a, a nice building to bring people in. So yeah, I guess they're playing it by ear. See how that goes. I would, you know, I have to say that I, you know, I always talk about, oh, I missed, I didn't get to go to Money in the Bank, and I didn't go to go to SummerSlam. I had though, I had tickets to those shows, um, but they got canceled because of the pandemic. I also had tickets to Rebellion last year, and I didn't get to go to that. I've never been to an Impact live show. Nashville is nowhere near where I live, but <laughs> but my wife's cousin lives in Nashville, and we are going to visit her in July. And if, or she lives in Tennessee, so if the stars align and I'm there, and they're they're accepting fans, well, you know how I you know how I tend to go to a wrestling show. So. Yeah, and yeah, hey, you might even get uh, even more lucky than that. And whenever it, they do decide to do it, you know, we we all know Florida. Has almost no rules, so you yeah, that's right. Building in Florida, <laughs> yep. Uh, do it, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, or Miami, please. <laughs> <laughs> but and that brings us back to where we started: the Kenny Omega, Rich Swan. Um, you know, we didn't talk about it before, but Rich Swan was set, had seconds in this match. Willie Mack and Eddie Edwards both came out. They were in his corner. Tony Khan, Tony Schiavone, Jerry Lynn were in the crowd. Aubrey Edwards is referee on the outside. Uh, Hebner, Brian Hebner was referee on the inside. And in Omega's corner, he had Callus and the Good Brothers. 
It's a very new Japan thing to do is to have those seconds, the, the people that come out with you. In the States, we were very familiar with people maybe having a manager come out or once in a blue moon, you have another athlete come out. But it's common in Japan, so it was kind of a nice little sort of nod to Omega's past and stuff. And then to have Rich do it gave it a, just a big fight feel, which, you know, it was a big fight feel with Amaro Ranallo doing commentary. It was so great to hear his voice. Um, yeah. yeah, usually uh, the only time you have more than one, you know, more than your match there's, is when they're setting up, there's going to be a brawl. And that, you know, the, that kind of, you know, didn't, re didn't really happen here. Everyone kind of stayed where, you know, there was a little bit of interaction, a little bit of getting close, but uh, no all-out brawls, because that's usually to set up, you know, some tag team match or some faction versus faction on the line. This was just, like you said, to, to give it that big fight feel, to give it a little bit of that New Japan feel. Uh, and it, it, it played out very well. And, yeah, a couple of shots of Tony Khan sitting ringside, like you said. I had hoped, uh, you know, Shivani had been called out earlier in the evening by Tommy Dreamer. I was hoping that we were going to get see Tommy Dreamer uh, emerge from the back to slap his fat face, as he said uh, during the uh, the the intro hour show there, the the lead up to the show. But that didn't happen. But you know, we had you know there were a lot of people there. Uh, like you said, it definitely gave it a big fight feel. We knew that this was a special night. Yes. And, you know, the the Aubrey Edwards and Brian Hebner referee situation was interesting because, you know, when, when they announced two referees, I'm like, oh, my God, there's going to be a bunch of drama. There's going to be some bull crap involved here. That's how these things always go, where you have both referees count different shoulders, those kind of all those kind of garbage finishes. Um, and we didn't have that. In fact, what we had was a, was Brian Hebner went down. Aubrey Edwards came in the ring first to check on Brian Hebner. And then when Omega, the AEW guy, tried to cheat, Aubrey stopped him, which was which I thought was really good because, you know, it was a legitimate win in the end. It was a, you know, it it established uh, integrity in the match, integrity with the officials and you know, I just, I just thought it makes it made them. If if Omega had done anything, you know, as far as cheating in that match, it would have been, I don't know, the whole thing would have been tainted a little bit. Right. So it it, it would have. If you it, at that point, you would have been, you know, it probably would have sparked your memory of the fact that you know the reason he has that AEW title is because of the you know the mic shot in that <laughs> you don't. This whole thing was to build him up as this megastar this this wrestling god this untouchable uh, uh entity and you you don't want to get the ball rolling with uh, another half of a screw job finish uh, i thought that was great the way they played that out yeah exactly i'm you know very pleased with the way that went and you know onward and upward and we'll see if he's going to collect more belts triple champion he is triple a that's right over my shoulder there triple a triple a champion revolution that's right directly above my head so he's AEW world champion um and now impact i don't have a poster for that so but that's because i didn't get to go to rebellion so uh great great stuff though a, a fun fun show i was really pleased with the way it went went down big mat big fight feel i think i've said that a hundred times now um welcome to impact taylor wilde welcome to impact uh W. Morrissey or yeah. Big Cass, yeah. Mar Morrissey or Morrissey? What is it? Morrissey, I believe. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome. <laughs> so, uh, and John, I think that's about it. Good, good show. Like I said. Yeah, if, if I had one complaint about the show, uh, and it's not really a complaint, but what is this crap of renaming Deanna's finishing move? That move was Cosa Nostra. What is this crap about the Queen's Gambit? I hear you. Other like, than that, a pretty damn good show. I like Cosa. I, I like Cosa Nostra myself. I don't know what happened there. Queen's Queen's Gambit's a fun name, but it was that was not the original name. So. And, and it's not like she refers to herself as the Queen. She's the virtuoso. That's right. That's right. So I feel like Queen's Gambit is somebody else's finisher. But I don't know. Travis says show is pretty good, but could have used some pinnacle. You know? <laughs> ah, yes, the pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the, you know, Tennille Dashwood and Caleb had matching outfits. And yeah. there was a little bit of a interesting oh, pattern that reminded me a little bit of MJF so, and his scarf. So... Watch that back, and maybe you'll maybe you'll at least feel there was some pinnacle inspiration on the show. <laughs> um, so that said, I had a great time uh, last night. I went to uh, CCW Unleashed down here in Florida. I got to see King Mo wrestle uh, versus Hedy Karui. Um, that was a great time. A uh, bunch of stuff. I had a great time on the Friday night CCW as well. I actually had an interview on Friday with Chris Farrow, the CCW cruiserweight champion you can check that out it was a great interview and also tomorrow morning i have an interview that i'll play uh i'll play a little something for here in a second as we go off the air but john anything else about rebellion before i uh before i do that i i think we've uh, we hit on all uh, cylinders here i think we, we covered them all uh we've even you know speculated going forward i think we put a nice bow on it as usual yeah i think you're right well folks couple of things for you to know about the bell time club t-shirt if you want to join the club get the shirt bodyslamclothes.com it's 22 bucks for all shapes sizes and everything includes shipping it's a great shirt uh bell time of course means to bell time my website so join the club on on fridays we do the primetime rundown join joey jarzenka ian schreier and rob deluca at 6 p.m each friday night they take you to the world of sports and the show kicks off at 6 p.m on the eastern observer and on Tuesdays, we have episode 51 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast coming up. Al Carl's hosting. I'll be there. John DeCani and John Smith, Gary Mahaffey. We'll be talking about Rebellion, I'm sure. So uh, do join in for that. We'll get you through all of the week's updates in the world of wrestling. Uh, so do come in for that at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. It's there every Tuesday. Then we have the Daily Wrestling News Show every day, Monday through Thursday, typically this week, we're going Monday through Friday, our interviews with Florida independent uh, wrestling promoters and ring announcers and trainees and everything this week. So do tune in every day. Uh, we have, we'll get you caught up on all of the wrestling news. So everything you need to know, uh, do tune in at the Daily Wrestling News Show, 10 o'clock every day. And John, as we go out of here, I will play my... Uh, Play my promo for tomorrow's interview. Do not miss my interview tomorrow with Tiffany Nieves. She is a current ring announcer. She is trained to be a wrestler. And check this out.